Hello, hello again, and welcome to another season of Coffee with Miss Deeds and Miss Amy. We have loved spending this time with you as we talk about all the joys and exciting happenings at uni, as well as the stressors and the different things that are hard. But we got to keep it real, and we're thankful that you can join us. So enjoy this time. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee. It's been a while, but we're so glad to have the listeners back again, and we're excited for this fourth quarter. And something that Mrs. Diedrich and I are doing that's special is kind of a series that we would like to do called Centering Voices. And we want to acknowledge that uni is such a unique and culturally diverse community, And we wanna highlight and center some of those voices and also just hear your experiences of being um, a particular race or ethnicity and the experiences that are unique to you. And so this week we wanted to highlight our Asian American um, voices of students. And we're so thankful that we actually have some lovely guests with us that we'll take a minute to introduce in a second. But thank you so much for just being here and being willing to kind of tell your stories because really we want this to be a place where you can just tell your story and you know that there's people here that are listening and we are definitely here to listen and get to know you more. So the first question as we introduce our guests that I'd like them to answer is just, who are you? How would you describe who you are? Um, hi, I'm Allie. And I think a primary part of who I am is obviously being Korean American and being a member of the Asian community. Um, I think another big part of how I would describe myself and who I am is I am the child of two immigrants from Korea. So I think this has greatly contributed to my sense of like hard work and perseverance because both my parents definitely had to overcome a lot of obstacles when they came to America to kind of try and establish careers and establish lives for themselves. Um, In another sense, I would say, uh, I really like to just watch YouTube and be lazy sometimes, but I also really like um, to kind of take part in different things of Korean culture by doing things like listening to music or watching different shows. So yeah, I think that's who I am culturally. And I'm sure there's more that I can't think of right now, but yeah. Um, hi everybody, I'm Rithika. Um, I guess I would describe myself and say I am, you know, based more on traits. I know I'm very like friendly and extroverted. I really like meeting new people, talking to people. Um, and yeah, just like Ali said, um, I think my parents who are also immigrants from India they instilled values that are very like determined, working hard for the things that you know you want. And um, they kind of did the same thing. They decided they wanted to come to America, a very big risk. And yeah, I'm just very grateful for that. Um, yeah. Um, hi, I'm Kevin. Uh, so how I would describe myself, I'm a Chinese American. 
And yeah, same with Ali and Rithika. My parents both immigrated from Asia, from China. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they like passed on or like instilled in me a lot of like hard work and determination and traits like that. And just to work hard and do your best and things like that. And uh, I don't know, yeah, just a lot of what I am or who I am is just, um, it's just like influenced by their hard work and like how they came and adapted to living in America. Hi, I'm Colin Jung and I'm a senior this year. I'm also a Korean American and I think it's easier for me to answer who I'm not. And I think I'm fortunate to be someone who doesn't have to like live in fear of you know being different in this community specifically and i think um because of that i've been able to grow with the best of both worlds type of thing when it comes to culture linguistics or lifestyle and so you know i think like the main point of this podcast as well is like realizing that everyone is just another person and so you know i think we all can agree that we have our own flaws that could come from being children of immigrants, but also like strengths that come with that. So, yeah, I think that's who I am. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So even within similar cultures, you have different traditions that are unique to you, right? So being Asian Americans, there's a whole bunch of different types of cultural traditions that you do within your family or within your own different communities. So can you highlight some of the things that are kind of meaningful to you that you would say are your cultural traditions or things that you really value about being um, who you are? For me, there's a lot of like in, at least in my family and like Indian culture, there's a lot of big festivals and like parties less than like, you know, just home stuff, I guess. So, you know, I would always go to obviously like Diwali festivals, which you need celebrates with the Diwali lunch and everything. So yeah, my, my mom would, she would make these little clay figures of the, the God Ganesha and she would put it on her porch and she would like draw these like beautiful patterns with chalk and then put lights out there. And we would also just go to a friend's house and get dressed up and stuff like that. Um, there's also like Garba, which is like this dancing event where everyone brings sticks and then there's this formation where it's 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 interesting how everyone knows the dance and it's just like a community thing before you attend and then you like hit the sticks in like a line um and there's stuff like that and I think it's interesting that when I was a kid I definitely like ran away from those um I was always like especially wearing Indian dresses and stuff I was like oh they're itchy I don't want to do it I was kind of embarrassed about it almost and now that I'm getting older I'm much more like wanting to go to them but I can't because of COVID and stuff and it's like it's interesting that I think that happens with a lot of people. You're when you're a kid, you kind of don't like it or was as much, and then you grow up and you get more grateful for it. I guess a question I have with the dancing is that, like, yeah, how do you learn the dances? Is it something that you pick up as a child and kind of learn from older people? Or, well, for me, I think the first time I went, I was like, like eight or nine, maybe, and you know, I, I didn't practice or anything beforehand, but I just went in and watched and it's not like intense. It's just like standing and moving your hands mostly. So you, I, you just kind of, I think 
like I would bring my friends too who weren't Indian and they would be able to learn it just by watching for like five minutes. That actually sounds so fun. <laughs> it seems like it'd be exciting to both watch and take part in. Yeah. Yeah. I know in a lot of like um, Eastern Asian cultures, like Lunar New Year is a big deal. And even though my family never went like all out in celebrating necessarily, we would still eat a lot of the foods that you traditionally eat on Lunar New Year. So like a specific thing is something called dakuk, where there's like uh, rice, like the circular rice cakes in the in the soup. And I think a big part of like the holiday was just like making it as a family and just eating it together. And I think it's especially fun when you're able to do it with other people. But obviously, because of COVID, we haven't been able to do that. So I think like, even though my family in particular doesn't go really all out for a lot of Korean holidays, I think we still do incorporate like some aspects of the tradition and some aspects of each holiday into like our routines, which I think has helped me to still be like aware of like my culture and be aware of those traditions. Yeah, and uh, for me as well, like food is like a large like cultural tradition for me too. Like uh, for like holidays, like even for like Thanksgiving, typically in America, people have like a turkey or something. But in my family, every Thanksgiving, we have like a duck, a pecking duck instead, which is like nice. It's a really nice dish that my parents cook up. And yeah, that's just like a tradition that we kind of like adapted to America here. Yeah, I think I've had a similar experience with Ali when it comes to like Lunar New Year stuff. And also um, being like one of the only family in America, it's also kind of, I, I think I find it that um, traditions that involve family are a lot like stronger now because like we're apart physically, but it's like when these things come up every year, it's like, a chance for us to feel like more connected and so whether that's like uh birthdays or like anniversary of passing passings it's like those are pretty important i think it's really true that it's like the traditions are important but the people that you celebrate these things with that's kind of where the true I don't know for me it's like that's where the meaning is it's like the people that you share them with right and i think it's really awesome that we live in a community that is so diverse in champaign urbana and surrounding areas you know that um you're not you and your family are not the only ones that probably celebrate those things at certain times of the year you have people that you can share those times with which i think is probably why covid has also been really hard because you you can't spend those special events and doing those things with people like large amounts of people you know um, that share those experiences and those values with you as well so and i think adding on to the importance of like the people there i know like when my um grandpa passed away obviously that's like a sad event but i've never seen so many of my relatives at once and so to just see people that i'm related to but i almost like didn't know existed and to kind of meet them and like hear things like oh my god you look so much like your mom that's kind of something that i really enjoy and i think even though it's a sad event i was able to still enjoy it because i was able to connect with a lot of different people and connect with a lot of different family members. 
So you guys all have shared how, you know, your it sounds like all of your parents are immigrants, uh, first generation immigrants, maybe even um, from Asia. So do most of your relatives live still in Asia or are they here in America? And also, what does that mean for family, like your immediate family? Does it make you guys closer as a family? Um, have you adopted like a play family is sometimes how it's referred to, like other community members become like your adopted like aunts and uncles and stuff, or does it make them even closer with friends within the community because your actual family members are so far away? Like how does that play a role? Well, for me, um, yeah, most pretty much all of my, like my parents' siblings and parents all live in India, besides my mom's brother, he lives in California with his family. So yeah, I think especially since I don't, you know, there's nothing like, oh, I'm going to grandma's house later or something like that, you know? Um, so it definitely makes me really, really close with like, yeah, my brother and my parents. But also I agree like with what you said, like um, with just my friends in the community, I feel so much more of a bond than I feel like maybe might be normal. But, you know, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> um, For me too, uh, I think around maybe half of my family is in Korea and the rest is in America, except like Ritika said, they're kind of all over the place. So I have family members in like California, Georgia, Michigan. So they're all over the country and it's hard to visit and it's hard to coordinate times when everybody's like free to have some sort of like gathering. But I think because um, my dad is a professor at the U of I, there's actually this community of like Korean professors that kind of came up. So especially during the New Year's, we haven't been able to do it recently, but I know like a couple of years ago, especially during the New Year's, we'd get together with that group of Korean professors. So even though they're not family, and even though like I, I was like very different in age from a lot of their kids and stuff, it was kind of like, every year I expected to see them and I expected to like go to somebody's house and see those people. So I think to have that sort of consistency was nice. And it was like, kind of like Mrs. Diedrich said, almost an, a second family or like someone that I would just expect to see, even though I wasn't super close to them personally. Yeah, and for me, like, uh, so, uh, my uncle and my cousins are also here in America, but the rest of my like extended family is still in China. And so like typically uh, my family would go and visit like my grandparents every year or two over the summer and stay for like a couple of weeks or a month. But with COVID, we weren't able to visit like this past year and probably won't be able to this summer either. So it, it's like, it kind of sucks when like you can't visit your extended family because they're like, all the way across the world so yeah it's definitely different mm -hmm. yeah i think my family is one of like only a handful that live in america and so um i think there's more it's i don't know i never noticed like a big difference but i think it's maybe just that dynamic where since your grandparents or your like your cousins don't live near you it's like you don't really quote unquote take them for granted it's like com communicating with them and stuff is always kind of a special thing so recently i went to this asian american women's 
thing online and an activity that they had us do is like speak out your like important family members and their role in your life. So then I like would say my mom's name and then say, this is my mom. And this is like something they wanted us to do like on our own. So then I was like trying to say my grandma's name. And then I realized like, I don't even know my grandma's name because like in Korean culture, you don't, you never like say an adult's name. You don't even know what your uncle's name is really, or you probably do, but you never say uncle John or something. You just call them, but their role, like, oh, you're my, my dad's older brother or something like that. Right. So then I realized like, I don't, I don't even know like my grandparents' names or like, so then what I did was I made this family tree and I kind of like filled in and I actually had to ask my mom, like, what is our grandparents' names and, you know, kind of like different information about them. But it was actually like a really meaningful experience for me. And maybe I would encourage you to do that too, especially because like for children of immigrants or immigrants, like your family is far, far away. So it's not like you really know what they're all doing, you know, especially like if you have a large extended family and then also there's the language barrier too. So it's not like you can just ask your cousin, like their story or, you know, I feel like sometimes the stories get lost in the, in the migration of things, you know? And so I, those are so important and I'm realizing now that they kind of need to be held on to. So it's just something that I would encourage you to do to maybe even talk to your families, your parents, and, uh, you know, um, kind of like piece together your family history, which sometimes can get lost when people are very far away. So another question then is, do you feel like you have any specific expectations of being Asian American? Like, what are some things that you could think that whether it's from the people around you or at school, or what are some perceptions that you feel like people have about you being Asian American? I think going into a, going into STEM is a big thing. Like people always expect, I, I personally feel like that people tend to expect that Asian students will pursue STEM fields in college. And I know in my family, even though there isn't a huge emphasis on STEM in itself, there's a huge emphasis on like, things like job stability and like your career in the future. And a lot of times my parents make the connection of like really stable jobs to like careers in healthcare. So I think because of that, even though they don't necessarily push like you have to become this, you have to study this, I think kind of things end up working their way back towards certain fields or certain professions. And do you feel like that happens, you said specifically from like your family members? Um, yeah, but I think it's also partially just like from friends and from community members. I think a lot of my friends who are Asian often do end up pursuing STEM fields, like not many of them, like even in this college process, not many of my friends who are Asian um, want to go into some sort of humanity centered field. So I think the fact that I don't see examples of that, or I'm not like close to people who do want to go into like humanity subjects, I think that kind of perpetuates the expectation as well, because you're like, well, none of my friends are going into humanities fields. So it must be kind of like the right thing to do in to go to like STEM. Mm -hmm. 
And do you think that that is because like, but when you talked before, you said like the stabilization of a job and like um, your parents worked so hard when they, when they came to America to find, you know, to make a good living and things like that. Is that why acted towards STEM just because of like that's the outlook or is there another reason um, you think? Yeah, I think there often is like a good career outlook that's associated with STEM fields, but I think also I, I know how expensive college is and it's a lot of money to get a degree. So like, it, it almost feels like if you end up with a job that's like stable, it makes it more worth it in a sense. Or I feel like that's the idea that I've kind of like been in, I, that's the idea that I've kind of adopted. So even though there's like absolutely nothing wrong with like pursuing a humanities field, it's almost like, I thought, I think to myself, well, to make the tuition that I'm paying worth it, I should pursue something that can be very stable in the future. And that often points to like some sort of STEM field. I'd say there's also like sometimes a peer expectation. Um, like, I mean, when I was in middle school and stuff and we were applying to uni, um, people would be like, oh, you know, there, people would say sometimes or I would hear it. Maybe I wasn't close to these people. They'd be like, oh, uni is a smart kid school, thus it is gonna be an Asian school. Like there's gonna be a bunch of Asian people there. Obviously not true, but that's like sometimes an expectation and sometimes, you know, even in classes and stuff like that, um, people will be surprised if an Asian kid gets a bad score or something. And it's like, what, why? But yeah, sometimes there's a peer aspect. Uh, building off of that, I'd say, um there's this kind of well i guess the easiest way to put it is that it's easier to like kind of categorize people or like number them because like it's um take for example like uni um i remember like i would look through the past years of uni and like see how many koreans or how many asian americans were accepted and it's a lot easier to do that i think and I think that might be unique to people who aren't like a majority. And I think um, it's a thing that's come up again in college as well. It's like um, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, they only accepted so and so number of Koreans like it. That's you can see that. And even though, you know, you could say it doesn't mean anything. It's like it's still you can because you can see it. There's that pressure from the system as well where it's like you have to be in this number of like your race or your ethnicity and so i don't know i i don't i think that itself might not be solely unique but it's also like it's much more visible when you're like living through it yeah and also i think uh there's also like parents having an influence on all this too with like a lot of times, I think, uh, with Asian Asian parents, they'll like emphasize grades a lot to their kids, and like, oh, that applies to me too. But they kind of emphasize like, oh, you study hard, work hard, get good grades, and that's like the main focus. And so I think that's like something that influences that as well. Now, why do you think that like parents emphasize that so highly? Like, was that something that like when they were living in Asia, that was super 
uh, reemphasized all the time? Or is that something that they think is going to set you apart whenever they've come to America? Yeah, I'd say that parents probably think that like good grades are correlated with like success later in life. Like if you get good grades and you go to a good college and then you have a good job and like it's not that simple. It doesn't really work like that. But I think to a lot of Asian parents, that's just like what it seems like. And to add on to that, I think um, a lot of times parents and and my parents would talk about how when they were in school, it's just like a numbers game. Like everything was score based. Success was score based. And it was the kind of thing where like they would post if there was a test, they would just post it on the wall, like out of a movie, everyone's test score in a ranking. And I think sometimes it feels like to them they they know if they come from a school like that or a system like that, that that's just the formula to success. And so obviously you would want that for your kids, right? And then sometimes in America, like even in the college admissions process, it's much more emphasizing who you are as a person, your morals, your values, your beyond academics. And I think um, obviously if you're coming from somewhere that doesn't do that, it's gonna be harder to adapt or whatever. Sounds super anxiety provoking to have like, it be so public, right? Like here, like in our, in our school system, a lot of the times everything's kind of private. Um, there might be pressure from other people to share what you are getting or what colleges you get into or whatever. But, you know, for the most part, like, you know, when you take the ACT or the SAT, like you own those scores, right? You, you don't have to tell anybody like your friends or anything. It's not posted on the wall. I can remember when I was a kid, like this is not related to necessarily grades, but like tryouts, right? They would be posted on the wall and like you'd walk up there like all nervous, like, did I make it? And if you didn't, then you have to walk away feeling like ashamed. <laughs> like, I don't know, that's a lot of pressure. And like, I feel like it goes, it spills over into other areas and can make you feel like less confident in your abilities or always try to second guess like how you're doing. Um, so, yeah. Well, kind of related to that, then, can you share about any, like, difficulties then or misconceptions you've had to battle being Asian American and, like, how you feel like you've dealt with that or navigated those types of challenges? Well, this is kind of related to the conversation about like grades and academics. So I guess it's not necessarily exclusive to Asian Americans, but I think that in general, there's a fear of if I don't say how well I did on this test or this assignment, then people assume that I did badly. So I think there's kind of that like anxiety that you have to justify your score and that you have to kind of say it so that people know that you did not do badly and people know that like, you are still like smart or good at whatever you're doing. So I guess that's not, obviously that's not exclusive to Asian Americans, but I think that is part of the anxiety, especially when it comes to grades, especially for me. I just don't want people to think I did badly. So I feel obligated to say, I got this score or I did this well. One thing for me is like, I guess more of an internal struggle. Um, like I, I think I've known that I've wanted to be a doctor for a really long time. And I'm sure that part of that decision is influenced by my parents and stuff, but it was not influenced by the fact that I was Indian. But I think obviously there is that stereotype that, um, you know, Asian people want to be doctors and lawyers and engineers or whatever. And, you know, when I was, and since that misconception exists, I was like almost feeling guilty when I decided that 
you know, I was like, oh, you could have picked all these things. Why did you have to pick the one thing that the stereotype for Indian people is? And that's like obviously an awful feeling and it makes you kind of envy people who don't have those stereotypes because it feels like they it, it feels like they can do whatever they want without fulfilling a box or like a category. I definitely relate to that. I know like I'm definitely considering becoming a doctor or going into the medical field as well. And especially when I think like this especially came up to me when I was like writing college essays and obviously you have to do a ton of reflection about why you want to do the things that you do. And I suddenly got this like like feeling that I had to prove that I was different from all the other Asian people who wanted to be doctors. And you get the idea, like, I have to stand out. There's so many Asian people who want to be doctors. What makes me better than all those Asian people who want to be doctors or whatever. So like, there's an anxiety that comes with it. And like with the cuss said, you're almost like, would things be a lot easier if I decided that I wanted to do something else? And because I feel like you think that there will be less pressure to prove that you're different or that you're special or that like you're super qualified. Yeah, like that feeling to like overcompensate for yeah. race or ethnicity or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Like you know that your Asian friends who want to be doctors have all these volunteering hours, but you don't because you did something else. So you're like, oh, wait a second. I did something else. Was that time wasted or was should I have been doing what they were doing? Has anyone at uni ever made like either students teach? I mean, not to say their names, but like students, teachers, or other parents that aren't your own, have they made comments to you or said things that have offended you? Um, in my experience, so um, I think I mentioned this in when we were planning this, but I've like grown up here with a relatively you know privileged fortunate environment so yeah i was trying to think of misconceptions where like i like it sticks with me but i don't really have anything like that but um when it comes to that i think it's like being a korean american in champaign urbana it's like there's only so many other families and of course it's like the big places like central hubs where you see them is like churches, I feel like, and then, um, you know, university places or stuff like that. And so when like another, like me or a different Korean American has a success, it's like, um, I, th I feel like it travels really fast throughout that. And, you know, this is more of a positive thing. It's not really like, a negative thing from the community but it's like that idea that um if you if you succeed it's like they celebrate it not just because of the success but also because like you know the your background that you come from but on the other hand it's also like you and i think this is a big thing but like you're also kind of the face of your background or your community or in the in the community and so like growing up one of the like things I heard a lot and I'm sure other people have too it's like if I do something weird or like I make a mistake it's like you're representing all the all the Koreans in America or like all the Koreans here mm -hmm. and so I think you know it's a it's a good mix of pressure to like do well but also not stick out in ways you don't want to and yeah I think um 
being on the UIUC campus is also like a really big benefit just because there's so many international students and um, people here are, you know, kind of used to seeing a lot of these different races all together. And so I don't think I've ever combated like blatant just people using misconceptions and just like running with it. But it's it's a lot more of like the stuff in the system that affects you. And I'll also maybe add that that idea that you represent a larger group of people is not unique to being Asian American, but I think it's Asian culture, right? Because it's not just about the individual, but who you represent in our family or within our community. And then you probably do maybe represent all Asian or Korean Americans in this country. <laughs> so it's kind of a different shift in mentality, you know, which has is, has its benefits as well as some challenges too. I definitely think like that point, I've experienced that too. I know, uh, yeah, like you said, it's not exclusive to just Asian Americans, but I know, especially like for Korean people in Korean history, like Korea as a nation has struggled so much. And like, there have been a lot of points where like, it's been difficult for Korea to almost make like a national name for itself. So like, there's have been a lot of people that have like, done some extremely like great things and they've kind of helped bring recognition to a country that was like struggling just like I don't know like maybe 70 years ago so I think that almost contributes to the idea of representation for me as a Korean American too because there have been like it's like you got to keep that like momentum going and almost you have to like keep that Korean success going even though like I might be in America. And I also think like Colin, I don't know if I really experienced a lot of people kind of saying like offensive things to me directly because I'm Asian. I think I've definitely been fortunate because I've had a lot of Asian friends and close-knit Asian groups throughout elementary and middle school. So I think one thing I would definitely remember happening is if there was some sort of like offensive statement or some sort of racist joke, a lot of my friends would almost repurpose it and make it funny. So th these would be my Asian friends that would be repurposing it. So it's like almost them taking what would be normally be really offensive and really rude and kind of saying, well, you said this, I'll just make a joke out of it because it'll make me feel better about it or whatever. Yeah, I agree. And I also haven't really faced any big, like, you know, people being rude to me because of my race or ethnicity, but and at uni especially, I think, like Ali said, I've always been in CU, I've always been surrounded by Asian people. Um, and there are a lot of Asian students at uni, which is, you know, great, but, you know, it would also be nice if uni was more diverse. Yeah, same with me. I haven't really, like, experienced many, like, misconceptions based on my race. And I think part of that might be because, like, Champaign-Urbana as a whole is, like, a pretty nice community. It's very welcoming, very diverse. I think it's it's very nice that we can all like coexist here. So maybe to wrap up, the last question that we kind of want give you a chance to answer is just what do you want people to know about you? Whether it's you as an individual or you know, like what what would you like people to know about you? 
I would say that like uh, as Asian Americans, we all come from like different backgrounds. Our parents may have come from different backgrounds, but at the end of the day, we're all here in America. We're not that unsimilar. Is that a word? Like unsimilar from each other. We're all like very alike as as people and people shouldn't be like treated differently because of their race or anything like that. And yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I think a big thing is that there's this kind of divide between people like wanting to kind of be colorblind when it comes to race and then others who, you know, like racist people. But <laughs> so I think, um, a big thing that I would like to say is that as people like who are underrepresented, well, I'm not saying, um, as like minority groups, I think it's important if you're listening that, you know, treat, treat people the same. I think that's just the biggest thing. And I think normally that would, that would be enough, but especially with the things that have been happening now, um, I would, like strongly encourage you to do more like i think right now we need a lot more than just silent support like passive passive um support isn't going to be enough just with everything that's happening and with the recent tragedies that have occurred one of the biggest um sentiments is that it was something that could have been avoided and it was something that people have seen coming for a while now and that's what makes it so frustrating and scary and so um you know it, there has to be a change made and it's not just asian americans and it's not just certain certain groups i think that's another issue is that people like to pick just one thing and there's kind of this this um there's this mentality that you can only focus on one issue at a time but I think, you know, in the recent past, we've made so much good change. And of course, there's like steps we've been taking back when it comes to legislation. But just I hope that everyone can try to make a difference in any way they can and show their support, like visibly for for the people that need it. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with what both Kevin and Colin said. Um, I think maybe something that I would like people to know about me, which is something that I tell myself too, is that like everybody's success will look different and that's okay. Like, I think people have mentioned that um, everybody is like a person, obviously, and everybody is very similar and shouldn't be treated differently because of things like race. But I think like everybody's life journey is very personal to them and very different. Like you will, you will never find two people who have lived the exact same um, lives and have been able to do everything exactly the same. So I think sometimes there's the misconception that success has a formula and that if you deviate from that formula, it's wrong and you're not going to succeed. And I think obviously this is not just something that's present in Asian American communities. But I think with some of the things like academic pressure that we were talking about before, there's almost the idea that like you have to do this, this and this. And so that's almost like good grades and good college and a good job like Kevin was talking about before. So I think just I want people to know that like 
my path might like might look different from my friend's path and it might look different from my cousin's path or my mom's path but like that's okay and at the end of the day I will get to where I need to go so I think that's something that I want to tell people it is something also that I need to tell myself I think because especially in a small school where you know a lot about what everyone is doing and when you know a lot about kind of the lives of your peers it's almost easy to get into that game of like comparison and saying like this person is doing this and they turned out well so if I don't do that then it's not going to go well. So I think, yeah, that's just something that I want people to know and I want myself to know. It's just that like paths to success are very different, but that's okay. And people will end up where they need to go. Going off what Ali said, I guess I would want people to not obviously like categorize people as much and Asian Americans and minorities in general as much. Like, you know, if, if I do something that's you know, this term like basic white girl, if I do something that falls under that, that's not me being a whitewashed Indian girl. And then if I do something a part of my Indian culture, that's not me being like too Indian and not American, you know, and that happens all the time. It's a natural thing. But a lot of times people who are not minorities don't base that categorization or, you know, assumption based off of their race. So I would just want people to not do that. Well, we're so thankful that you guys joined us this morning and uh, took the time and obviously um, it's everybody's experiences are different and as you can see some of your experiences are very similar and you could identify with each other and sometimes it's good to just process it with a group because you don't feel alone anymore and you can kind of identify with other people and we hope through highlighting different groups stories that we can keep shedding light and giving people opportunity to kind of um, share who they are and um, things that are important to them and who has sculpted you to be who you are because you're all very special and um, I know I feel very thankful to know all of you so thank you again for being here this morning and we will see you next time <laughs>